<clears throat> you know, uh, mm, 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 mm. this week on Homo Superior. So, Ryan, based on what you know now, whose philosophy do you think is the most right? Storms, Cyclopses, or Cables? Uh, probably, actually, Cyclops is what I probably would get. But explain the, the three different <laughs> I don't remember the difference <laughs> no, no, between no, Storms and Cyclops. Because Storm was like, Here. protect everyone, especially the kids. And yeah. I think Cable was like, give everyone a gun in pockets. And then and then Cyclops was sort of like, um, I would say, an in-between of those two. Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where we go mad for mutants, issue 273. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm partially deaf now. <laughs> this week, it's lousy smarch weather, and you know what that means. Mutant Madness is back, fashion style. Mm. We've got polls, election polls, stripper polls, lick my polls. And jokes come in threes. That's terrible. Uh, X Class X rears its ugly head, and by that we mean Cameron Hodge. Yep, we're revisiting Extinction Agenda. Um, but surely you know that because of who Cameron Hodge is. We've got <laughs> we've got news issues and more episodes of Dat Tass. It's the animated series, and as always, we wanted to bring you plugs mm-hmm. for your for your earballs. Yeah, you need to hear them. But first. Some housekeeping. We can't quit this movie even though it's terrible. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. If you haven't listened to our review, please listen to it. I wish I could quit you. <laughs> oh. Is that what Kang said to uh, Janet? Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. like our review. I, our our I review is really great. Fun. Our review is so... Our review is better than the movie. Yeah. Oh, a thousand <laughs> sure. percent. And, yeah. And who's, we're so surprised because it's four times as long. <laughs> Uh, and the other uh, housekeeping we've got is we're going to be interviewing uh, artist extraordinaire and super nice guy all the way down in Brazil, Rod Rice. You might know him from New Mutants, uh, Dark Web X-Men, and a whole lot of other stuff. He's talented. He's delightful. We can't wait for you to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might remember him because he came up in the news being connected with that string of murders along the California coast. But I mean, save that for the nice. podcast. Save that for the podcast. All of that Brent. and more Ooh, yeah. on our exclusive interview. We'll get into that. So as Brent said, yep, it's March, and that means Mutant Madness. Uh, we talked a little bit about what we're doing. Caleb, what is Mutant Madness? I'm so <laughs> glad you asked, Ryan. Mutant Madness is where we do a March Madness-type bracket all month We get where you get to vote, and we get to vote too. Uh, this time, it's on the favorite look of your favorite X-Woman. So we are four X-Women we're talking about here. It's Storm, Jean Grey, Rogue. And Kate Pride or Kitty Pride, if you prefer. And so we've already started. Nasty. The voting has begun. And we are in round one. Round one's going to last uh, for the first half of the month. So on day one, uh, we asked you to vote for the Storm's original look, her look in Giant Size X Men number one that lasted through a good chunk of the 80s versus what I call the mid 90s Storm. But for you uh, music fans out there, it's her TLC look, her T-Boz look. Mm. It's where you got to see her abs, and she had like the yeah. manga hair. Uh, Joe Moderera designed her. It was, the costume was purple. T-Boz is my favorite member. She's the best. And yeah. then she was on Days of Her Lives. Was she really? five years, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, you guys, meaning all of you out there, decided that Original Storm's look was better. So that's moving on to round two. Sorry, T-Boz Storm. And then we had the original Jean Grey from X-Men number one. What did we vote for that, the five of us? Uh, We did the original story. All of us. All of us. Five to zero. Unanimous. 
Uh, and then we had the original Jean Grey from X-Men number one all the way back in 1963 versus what I'm calling the final X-Factor Jean Grey, an outfit she only had for a short amount of time, but it left an impression because that final X-Factor look moved on, and we didn't have quite uh, unanimi- unanimity. I can't even say that was word. Was it two to three? Unanimity. It was one to four. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Okay. So I voted for the classic look because... <laughs> it's it's so wild. It is so fucking Just, funny. If that girl awful cowl. Yeah, if she walked into a class, a middle school classroom, and said, "Hi, my name is Madeline," I would believe it's, her. It's a blue bodysuit, which you think that's where the outfit should end. Then she squeezes on yeah, a bait like a. Uh, he needs teeny weeny just like cinching the hell out of her waist. yellow bikini it on is, top it of it. It is a bathing suit from 1890. It is. Yeah. It is very much the time, but it's the first costume that she had, so that's why it stuck out in my head. Yeah. But in theory, the other outfit is way the, better. The thing is, you guys is, are correct. She does look like she's wearing a swimming cap that she just pulled over mm. her eyes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's a frumpy outfit. And that actually just might not even be a body blue bodysuit. It just might be water. So this might just be, <laughs> <laughs> might just be her swimming. You know, uh, it didn't last very long in the comics at all. Like, uh, it moved from that. Then she had like a little bit of like more of like the mask that she had with her green miniskirt look, which we'll be talking about later on. Uh, still not a great look. Uh, I really, I've loved every one of Jean's X Factor looks. I think they're my favorite total i think yeah the giant x is very iconic Factor looks are good yeah yeah they really are very yeah. it looks very sharp uh that is commanding as opposed to this sad woman named abigail i want to say yeah whose hair is tucked into her hat gertrude is not looking great <laughs> yeah. uh so you know with the original storm look we all chose that it's got an iconic headpiece for one yep it's got the cape yeah all black with a yellow trim is this a favorite to win in your book? I think it's going to go the distance. I think so, yeah. It'll yeah. be number one or it'll, it'll be top two? It'll I, be, it'll make it to the final four, I think. Or for, not, maybe not final four. I think it'll make it to the elite eight. God, I it. think final four. I, I think final four and not yeah. top two. I think that and Mohawk are going to just. Yeah, I, I think those are the two that are going to. I think the, uh, the gold team storm is going to actually mm. win. It's not my favorite look, but I think nostalgia will take it through. I think this fashion-wise, it has a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. It's relatively simple. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It there is some sexuality to it, but it's not one of the over-sexualized like yeah. Emma Frost-like costumes. Yeah. And then it's got a fucking awesome ass cape. Yeah, truly. So while uh, we're recording, and uh, you will know the results by tomorrow. Uh, today we had Brotherhood Rogue. That's our first look uh, when she was the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants before joining the X Men. Uh, versus the Shi'ar rogue, which is her Pepto-Bismol pink costume. <gasps> Terrible. Is that like early two <gasps> thousands? Uh, it's mid nineties. People uh, voted for this know. one. Well, we- yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, we I, won't tell h- how our voting went until afterwards. Yeah, but um, people, but Brotherhood Rogue right now is winning, but it's still anyone's game. And then not uh, not not Shi'ar rogues. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but, it's an ugly. The 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 lizard belly side, yeah, it's just terrible. Ew. It's not a good look. It's, it's not, not her colors. Continue. No, and then for Kitty Pride, uh, who is our fourth contender, uh, we have her original sprite look, which is her very first costume when she joined the X Men way back in the early eighties, versus her Agent of Shield look. And I forgot that she had a miniseries, Kitty Pride Agent of Shield. 
So did she. Yeah. I could see people picking the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., either one of these, because I do think that the sprite look has a great headpiece on it. Uh, I know that a lot of people like this style. Of like <laughs> a lot a, of your friends like this. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't think people like the kind of like the... action hero G.I. Joe... Uh, oh, I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> I was looking at the other one. Agent of Shield look. Yeah, I think that one looks terrible and just like nineties. I, I don't like cliche. it, but I I think that there are a lot of people who who like that style. I don't think there's anything about this that highlights. It Kate doesn't in seem particular. unique for or a mutant for mm-hmm. the for. I went back a little bit, but for the rogue one, all I think is uh, Fur Delance's costume from. Um, Farthest right from uh-huh. um, oh, from, from Serpent Society. Society. Like the color wise, it's just on point, similar. Yeah. And we're jumping around. So if, if you want to see all these visuals, visit us on Instagram as well as Twitter and where all of them are posted. And then also we're doing the polls live. So yeah. make sure you go on there. Our Twitter is Homo Superior X and Instagram is Homo Superior Podcast. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of polls, uh, it's our newest segment, Polaris. Uh, and this week we asked you since uh, Rogan Gambit number one came out, which we're going to talk about in the issues. Uh, we asked all of you, uh, who's your favorite X couple? Uh, so we gave four choices. It's Rogue and Gambit, Betsy and Rachel, Scott and Jean, and Shatterstar and Richter. So obviously there's other ex-couples out there, but I wanted a little bit of representation of gay, lesbian, and straight. But before I get into our results... <laughs> Finally, and bisexual, straight. the Scott and Jean. Uh, and bisexual, <laughs> yeah, great point. Uh, before I get into the results, uh, which one of these is your favorite, or is there another one that you like even more that you sh- that you ship? I always, in my mind, had Doug and Warlock in a relationship, so that's one that sticks out in my. Uh, as I, I just I thought they were always like meant to be together on yeah. some level. Do you remember when Brent was talking about how much he hated Warlock and talking about how he doesn't understand like the friendship between the two and the fact that I basically they're said they're in a thruple? Yeah, with um, I <laughs> forgot her name in my head suddenly. Bay. Yeah, literally, it's just a thruple, and I had to explain that to him. Well, I he's right here, and you disagreed. I because well, I, I don't think they're in a throuple. I don't think Bay and right. Warlock are in this together. I think they're both dating uh, Doug. Gotcha. Okay, uh, that's fair. No, that is yeah. It's, a good I, it's, I a, still, it's still not a love a triangle. Thruple. It's a love uh, arrow angle. But there's like there's some other term for that now. Instead of polyamory, it's like poly something, where it means that like yeah, multiple yeah, people yeah, yeah, dating yeah. multiple people. But yeah, there's like a number one. Someone has a primary in it versus yeah. a there, secondary. There I could, know a person. We all know a person who uh, does that. Oh. I'm saying nothing else. Yeah. We can talk about that Tango. off podcast. No, I'm not going to say it off podcast. <laughs> Anyways, um, so if we're allowed to just pick couples that didn't, weren't actually Well, there's a dating, bunch that could have been included. I would have picked uh, Richter and Apocalypse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually really yeah. liked their relationship, and they did seem like they had something more going on than real, student. real dom sub. They're like, "Why are you guys late to brunch? Just you two. <laughs> I'm not doing. Huh. Any, I'm not doing any Johnny Come Lately teams. I mean, pairings. It's, Betsy and Rachel. I mean, that's so soon. You're just. Be- it's just recency bias. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. That's, so we we don't know how they're going to pan out. And Rogue the, and Gambit. S- whatever. Some, some that I think maybe not our audience, but a greater audience, like the general audience of X-Men fans would probably ship, which I don't think we would agree with, would be um, Kitty Pride and Colossus. Ooh, they almost got married. We didn't Problem. write that down. No, yeah. we did not. Problematic. I know, but I think a yeah. lot of people would vote for that in a sure. normal world. Yeah. And I you think listeners don't please don't vote for that. <laughs> and we didn't put it down. No, yeah. no, no, no. For for just <laughs> well, then which the couple? next poll just randomly don't put a right in and for unrelated stuff all, for that couple. Also, in that vein, you, we could do 
all the people that Iceman dated before he came out as well. Iceman and the women. Iceman, Polaris, Who was your favorite Iceman beard? Remember when he <laughs> inadvertently tried to kill all of them? Yeah. Been astonishing. Well, then, Clark, who's your favorite couple then? Doesn't have to be any of these I, four. I would say Shatterstar and Richter. Shatterstar. If, they had, if yeah. they had not unnecessarily broken them up for no, literally know. zero it reason. It felt so forced. And you can tell they still love Very each weird. other. Oh, yeah. have, you ever, have you ever broken up a guy and said, I'm sorry, it's just a plot device from my writers? <laughs> we'll Every get back time, together at some point. I'm like, I don't know what the next writers what's are going to do with us. What's, so what's I got to move on. What's the concept where you like let someone go so that they can come back to you? Set them free? Yeah, set them free. If it's meant to be, then they'll come back to you. Yeah. Uh, that Sting that, saying about it. Birds, it's crazy. It's called birds. <laughs> it's called birds. I do that for everyone. They never do. <laughs> you just throw them. You throw them if you come back. Off a bridge and say, "Here, swim. You're coming." Any any last minute additions to for, for me? For me? For me personally, uh, I put. Uh, I would have put Professor X and Magneto. Good one. Good. 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 Because I love an older queer couple. Yeah, yeah. I just do. Hey, we've got a place in Fort Lauderdale that we want you to check out. It's probably hey, Palm Springs. We've got a little spot on a tropical island we'd like you to see. <laughs> yeah. Come hop on our boat. It's piloted by a lesbian. <laughs> Professor Xavier is not a West Coast guy. No. No, he's in Fire Island. You think they have a home there? He's in the Pines. What's the Pines? Is yeah. that the Pines, the yeah. Fire Island. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There he is. Yeah. I can see he's, it. He's hanging out there. Yep. Next up. Uh, MCU next TV. Get your blood rushing with Ryan Curl screams. <laughs> Transitions by Ryan. Um, MCU next TV is our weekly segment focused on the latest and the greatest in the MCU Disney Plus TV shows galore series. This sentence doesn't make sense. X Men. The, the ne- do you want to take a breath? <sighs> because I agree. That Ooh. sentence is. Has been this so, is Adam's writing, right? It's been so hacked up because we've cut it down so much. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we basically, wa- we watch TV. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And now sense. you have to listen to us. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this week we we reviewed the X Men <laughs> animated series season three, episode six and seven. And so this is the end of the Phoenix saga. And so basically, we are introduced to the Star Jammers, and we see. The first time that Jean sacrifices herself and screams, I'm the Phoenix. What do you mean the first time? <laughs> you got to keep watching. More to come. Uh, yeah, it's World War Two. It's World War One. Why do you keep calling it World War One? Oh, <laughs> oh you'll just you'll see. see. Yeah. What, what did you guys think of uh, these last two episodes? Uh, obviously, the Star Jammers are introduced. Obviously, this is an iconic run. What What are your overall thoughts on how the it's, TV series did it compared to the It's nuts. Comic? It's fun. Yeah. Clark? It's fine. Okay. Star Jammers uh, are... You have nothing... It's fine? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. That's the highest possible compliment. No, it's not. I mean, I mean... What'd you think, actually? I don't know why I wanted more from it. It just seemed kind of, okay, now she's going to sacrifice herself. The episode four, I didn't like at all. Okay. The same thing reason I didn't like episode two. It just felt like a bridge... Oh, it, it, it focused. It, it was like the star heavily jammers. a bri- Yeah, exactly. It was, and I liked the star jammers, and I liked, I liked her being like, "Oh yeah, that's your father," but she didn't actually say it for yeah. no, for no fucking reason. For these five episodes, they concentrated so much on introducing more characters and more characters and more. Like every single episode introduced a lot of characters. Yeah. So yeah. I think that can be overwhelming. I I enjoyed it as a kid. And I did. I wasn't bothered because I knew all these people, all the players. But I can see why that can yeah. be overwhelming. We people. got that one moment of the Hellfire Club, which is going to be super important later yep. this season. It felt like these this saga was trying to introduce a lot of space politics 
very quickly. And there's some stuff that I think is kind of interesting, but boy, does the plot collapse faster than a phoenix wrapping around a gemstone. <laughs> that got messy quick. I mean, you had a bubblehead just running around screaming at people. Yeah. Turning them into sand. There's suddenly 800 characters that come out of nowhere. Deken got just turned into rock monster. That's like, I am the ultimate power. Yeah. But I'm a rock monster. Yeah. To be fair, be the, fair. the issues they're based on aren't much well, they're, better. They're crazy. They're crazy. But it then is... they're just trying to murder a woman on the moon. How do, yeah. How does the Phoenix originally go? Kind of like this. Yeah. It's not that It's fun. not that different. <laughs> oh, God. It's not that different. They don't, it's she, more issues. I it's mean, more issues in to this, like. She doesn't kill an entire planet of people. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. we haven't gotten to that point, but Unfortunately. yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, mor- Saturday morning Boy, wouldn't let you do she that. She also kill him with boredom. No. But they can't say kill. They have to say annihilate. Right. Yeah. And then, like you, like I can just imagine, like Ryan is a four-year-old with a thesaurus going. That means kill. Yeah, they also can't say pregnant. <laughs> yeah, with child. <laughs> I'm pregnant with a phoenix. Yeah. So a couple things happened. Jean uh, was very dramatic the entire time. Yes. They're like, "What can we do to help?" She says, "Nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. I have to do it myself." And you're like. Okay. Okay, individual contributor. This is, we're a team. Uh, Chode's introduction is great. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, his voice is fantastic. And then, uh, what's her face meowing as she fights? <laughs> even the, even though she's a she's a, Hepha- a skunk. What, Hepsiba. Hepsiba. I don't know how to say her Hepsiba. fucking name. Yeah. Mamzelle hey, Hepsiba. She's a Mephistoid. She's a skunk person, not a cat person. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why the meowing made no sense. Have you ever seen? Um, have you seen um, Jizz, which is the cartoon yeah, com- yeah. comic of version of Jim? It's amazing. So yeah. the um, the misfits are like the other rival team, like a rival band, and all they go is. Meow, 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 meow. That's how they talk, and all I think about it. All the time. That's, <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. They're like, meow, meow. I will say this about so we get the revelation that Corsair is Scott's dad. Yeah. And she doesn't Jean... seem to be go they don't go over it ever. <laughs> really not at all. And Gene, like, that's his father, and she never tells Scott. She just, he just is like, they're having this, like, well, I hope to meet my kids yeah. one day. I'll she never tells have kids. Everyone, I mean, she's, a, she's a messy bitch that lives for drama because she told everyone else in the room, too. As soon as he left, she was like, that was what? his father. That's his dad. <laughs> but don't tell him. Don't tell him. You've heard don't of Plug Me Daddy. Don't tell him for like literally until next season. She literally could have just projected that info into his head. And yeah. she was like, uh-uh. What a weird thing to just bring up to some random person that you just kidnapped. Boy, oh boy, I wish I had a son. Hey, you got any kids? I, I've never... I wouldn't even recognize my yeah. kids. She assumingly yeah. know his brother knows his brother's alive, but she's not going to mention that either. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... Uh, when Cyclops gets captured, they bring him into the throne room, and Eric the the leather uh, <laughs> comes in and he goes, "This is Cyclops, the leader of the X Men." And Dakenso just goes, "So." <laughs> <laughs> that is the right response. Yeah, like I don't he know what no shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so good. He's crazy. He really went off the edge. <laughs> Um, I am looking forward to rewatching the adaptation of the Dark Phoenix because uh, I think it'll be better. My memory uh, serves well. I think. Oh, maybe not. The last um, episode is just cop out. It's so cop out. Oh, when yeah. I remember, it's yeah. just like they're hanging out in Central Park, and then 
wah, 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 I love you, and then she kind of falls to the ground and this kind of shit. Oh. Uh, From well, what I recall. Spoilers, I guess, for... Mm. Um, Was there any purpose to the cameos where all of the superheroes like turn and face the camera. Great, great question. But don't really do anything substantive. So, so the hellfire, you see, you see Spider-Man's wrist stop a bench from hitting a woman. Yeah. What? They couldn't get the rights to his face. Like what the fuck? No, no, no. It's up to Spider-Man's elbow. It's one of those weird rules that they're making. (laughs) Who has the L up to beyond elbow? Marvel controls the elbow, but Sony controls like the neck. I feel like it's Seinfeld and George Steinbrenner where they only see the hands the entire time. Yeah. Gray back of the head. Yeah. It was nice to see Alpha Flight yeah. doing some stuff. Um, Hellfire Club comes in later. Does Doctor Strange ever really do anything? Maybe no, in the, just, in I don't the, see in the why. final season. Yeah, he's just around. And Doctor Captain Britain. It was that Captain Cap- Britain. Captain Britain. So do you think it's that, governor that they at this point it doesn't matter who they use? They just didn't want to pay for voice actors for these people. Or Pretty much. Is, okay. I think it's just like they oh, had look, to we're pay part for of that sound though. We're. It's like, oh, look, this is part of a bigger universe, but eh, we're not going to pay that much attention <laughs> Yeah, but to not it. that much bigger. It's a look and don't listen type universe. Pretty much. But as a kid, you're just like, oh, look, it's Captain Britain and Doctor Strange. Yeah. I think it's time. I'm over it. I'm I guess it's it. for the news then. <laughs> it's time for the <laughs> do, news. Do, 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 so do. as we said, we just wouldn't shut up about how bad Quantumania is. Oh, oh, don't listen to our, oh, our special podcast on it if you don't want to hear about how horrible it is. No, I'm kidding. Um, Jeff Loveness <laughs> didn't even fucking know that Kang was the um, next Avengers level threat. He and just thought it was Jeff Loveness was the writer for it. Yes, he just thought it was a one and done <laughs> character. That seems so weird to me considering how tight a ship that we know Kevin Feige runs about like being interconnected with everything that he wouldn't tell the screenwriter oh by the way I th- yeah it seems th- a little bullshit it I seems think- like he's covering his tracks because- yeah I don't completely believe or it or it could even yeah like maybe Kevin <laughs> was like you need to say this <laughs> quick I don't know because I don't know when the script was actually written it could have been written quite a while ago uh, there's a, n- a lot of time in between you know, whatever. That's one. that's fair. And like they that, did a reveal. They, then they decided, hey, you know, we've got this Ant Man and the Wasp script. Cool. Maybe we'll ask him to make edits, whatever. Yeah. But we're putting him in Loki, mm-hmm. which had a shorter production schedule. Fair. So yeah. I, I could see it, but I don't think it excuses the other terribleness of it all. Yeah. Problem. There's so many other issues with that movie. You. I mean that's the one good thing about the well, movie, folks. Yeah, I think that Kang was a success. <laughs> Stop! Yeah. That's it. You're you're, which you're is, undercutting yourself. Which is divisive. Some people are like, if Ant Man can beat him, why am I gonna watch all the rest of the times when he shows up? Where that's is what that those, person from? I think I'm not sure. Queen Burglar 69. Yeah, <laughs> Panhandle of Florida. Mm-hmm. Probably. It's like having ice cream, an ice cream cone with a pork chop on top, and you're like, gosh, I just. I'm so sorry this ice cream's sweet and vanilla. <laughs> no, you're missing the problem, my friend. That's <laughs> not uh, a perfect metaphor. It's, so, it's, it's barely uh, one. I, it's know, barely one. Yeah. yeah I, I, kind of, I kind of followed you, I, I think. I don't Even hear you that. putting yourself out there. <laughs> um, other stuff's happening in Thunderbolts. Like uh, what? Steven Yoon is going to be Sentry, who is like the one of the spy, uh, Superman analogs in the Marvel Universe. That's not a Hyperion. We talked about Hyperion multiple times before where th- there was rumors that Hyperion was going to be in it, which is the actual analog, but Sentry's a fucking psychotic mess who has the evil voice. He's another of him, one And now. he was originally thought he was just in a comic book and he wasn't in a comic book and 
I don't. He was created all those years ago, and then they brought him back for, I believe, a new new Avengers he wasn't run. Created all those years ago. No, no, that, that, was, that was a hoax. They just that was pretended that was the case. Oh, they yeah. got me. <laughs> they got you. So, a little history about the century: Marvel Knights, uh, which was the imprint in the late '90s, early 2000s, to do more like kind of like off the beaten fair uh, type stuff for Marvel, which was much more mainstream back then. Um, it was uh, Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee uh, as a follow-up to their Inhumans miniseries. They created this whole like uh, fake campaign that the Sentry was the lost hero of Marvel. Mm. People forgot all about it. And the comic actually read more like Miracle Man than Superman to me. It was like it dealt with like this guy who could like a like a normal person who would turn into the Sentry, but then had like a dark past or dark uh, reflection called the Void. I was gonna say there's also kind of a um Animal, not Animal Man. Who the fuck am I thinking of? I just lost, literally had it in my head and I just lost it. From DC Comics. I don't know. All right. Come out with it Shazam? No, no, it doesn't matter. I'll bring it up later. Okay. Animal I remember. Man. Yeah. Uh, but like they decided to bring in Sentry into like the regular Marvel comics. Like Bendis introduced him into New Avengers. Never really worked for me. I love Steven Yoon. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Great. I love that he's doing like more nerdy stuff than ever. Uh, can't wait for Invincible season two. By the way, uh, but this doesn't seem like it's gonna work. Is what it, do you guys think? Is so, it because you think he needs to get jacked? No, I mean the character of the Sentry. I don't right, think will right. work. So if if he needs to be like some size person that he is not, or like he's got to get be the size of Henry Cavill, yeah, then really. maybe you might have like more issues with like a direct adaptation. But is there a way to make Sentry? Something else that he's not really in the comics. Like, is this one of the characters that would benefit from being adapted? I I don't think so. And again, this kind of goes to the point that uh, Clark made on our Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, review. We keep bringing that up. uh, Of Kevin Feige just has this, like, hard-on for bringing in sort of these mid-level characters, mostly villains, and then not really adapting them, like, properly and then killing them off. Mm. So this is, like, another... Batrock, another Taskmaster, another, you know, whatever. Adam, Warlock soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just feels, I don't know. Like it could, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think uh, after, uh, in recent uh, memory, like my the sheen of the MCU is wearing off for me. And I'm being much more critical of it. As yeah. an actor, I think he's perfect for the MCU. I think he's got great comedic timing. And he can also do serious stuff quite well. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I'm looking forward to see him. Yeah. I'm interested but i just think this is going to be almost in a name only situation mm. I, yeah it's going to be a completely different interpretation yeah. yeah i i would probably agree with that which, i mean he yeah. needs to if if it's going to be an interpretation that's actually on point he needs to be big as fuck he needs to look like superman i'm it is an adaption of superman yeah, yeah. i'm what, sorry what if they just give him the worst like non cgi yeah costume <laughs> that's like a padded Muscle suit, and that you can very clearly see the lines separating so big, from his neck. Yeah. It's yeah. Nicolas Cage's Superman suit from the oh, Tim Burton yeah, movie. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. I would love that. Yeah, and then uh, no one, no one addresses it. Also, Thunderbolts love. related and casting related. Ryan Gosling is going to be in it as someone who's going to be a big role, quote unquote, in the movie and a recurring role within the MCU. In He's general. the Void. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Wouldn't that be wild? They just race swap him as the villain, like the, <laughs> the bad version of him. Oh, God. I think he's going to be a young clone of uh, Thaddeus Ross. 
I, I mean, it could be fucking anybody. It, I, could, I don't be. Know it could be. And also, he could not be in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's he playing the role of, of Tiamat. This is according to. <laughs> no, this is d- Deadline, and Deadline really fucking checks his facts. So yeah. this is going to happen. I'm because just, they're they're connected to all the um, producers, directors, and um, most of their agents. stuff pans out. So in they got to know, way yeah. or not. I'm just trying to think of like who are some of these like in like the Thunderbolts esque, like Winter Soldier esque type uh, stories. Who is a recurring character that we haven't seen yet? So I'm trying to imagine Do, who that could be. I, it's I was going to say the Sentry. Yeah. Go back to Sentry for a second. Do, do you remember the... I don't know if you guys already said it because I stopped paying attention for a moment because I was reading something. Um, okay. Do, do you, <laughs> do, back. Do you remember the when um when, when Fisk took over and he had his Thunderbolts team? Yeah. And Sentry was dead but then alive again and on it? Yes, vaguely. Like... Well, he oh was. yeah, we read that, that was shit. weird. Oh yeah, yeah that was like, for uh, I, for uh, King and Black. I feel like maybe I, we should have. I mean, that's like a level of hinting that they're like going to use him at some point in the future, two years later, mm, as part of the team maybe. or part of the something. I don't know, but anyways, he's, the character could be anybody. He's such a big movie star that you would think he would be someone large and like important you know what i mean i mean if we're getting a songbird in it he could be mach one two three four five etc yeah yeah or atlas do Uh, they want another giant but then he's just he's so ancillary to the rest of the characters we already have the only big one that pops out which he should not play is radioactive radioactive man they're not gonna do that he was only on the team for like two years (laughs) make him read richards what ryan gosling yeah why not Okay. Fuck you. Introduce Reed Richards in Thunderbolts. He just goes to suit. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, last week we talked about something stupid called Contest of Chaos, which was a summer miniseries, which is actually just going to be a bunch of annuals between all these different characters and everything. And that was on the front cover, that goddamn shitty looking picture. Yeah. Uh, First up is is, um, Scarlet Witch's annual that Steve Orlando is going to write. So that one will be good. And then the rest will be bad. Um, Agatha Harkness is the main villain. Supposedly, she uh, in Midnight Suns turned young and hot so that she could be entirely the same re- age as, um, as uh, Catherine, Hahn. Catherine Hahn in Co- uh, Coven of Chaos. I know. We knew that would happen. But we, and then, of course, they they might push it because it's not going to be synergy now that, that mo- these TV shows coming out in a year. That's true. Instead of four months i will say agatha harkness is also the most annoying card in marvel snap because once it comes out it's like agatha just takes over and plays whatever i'm like you're playing this wrong agatha she'll just fuck up your entire game i mean that sounds like what she does yeah it's it's so it is accurate but it's annoying it's pure chaos yeah anyways does this sound dumb everybody what it does feel like they're yeah it's like uh the bojack horseman movie that gets adapted into a TV show that gets adapted into a monthly subscription snack box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, oh yeah, this TV show is going to be called uh, Covenant of Chaos now or House of Harkness. Now it's a uh, now we're we're doing something revolutionary. We're adapting it and turning it into a comic book. <laughs> it's it's wild though because they've cast such big star, like big stars already in there. Like yeah. Aubrey Plaza's in it. I'm sure we'll get some sort of Scarlet Witch cameo. Like it's just like wild that they would do this. Uh, this contest of chaos or whatever it's called, I'm still looking forward to it more than like the summer of symbiotes. That's for damn sure. Well, we're not going to read that one either. I can look forward right? to not two things. <laughs> <laughs> not not two yeah, things. This... All right. Adam responded with no one cur, 
with a one <laughs> and a C U R R. Is she right? No one do. No her. one do her. All right. So Class X. It's the return of Class X. Uh, Class X is where the five of us take a time machine, or four of us today, uh, to school you and ourselves on X Men lore of years past to provide some context for today's comics. In this episode, we're focusing on the Extinction Agenda, which is an early '90s crossover. Focus on the mutants fighting the forces of Genosha. And we're doing this because in the current X-Force storyline, which we'll be talking about a little bit later in this episode, we finally got the identity of the leader of Xeno, a.k.a. Uh, the man with the peacock tattoo. Turns out he's the clone of Dr. David Moreau, Genosha's Gengineer. Is it Gengineer or Genegineer? I thought it was Gengineer. That Gene-geneer. sounds funny. It makes me furious. Awesome. As a word. It's just because it's it's, like, it, I keep saying it. The slant which... goes in the opposite direction. Is that how you get most of your outfits too, Kalen? A engineer <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. It's because I wear a lot of denim, y'all. Uh, uh, it's our, also showing up. Uh, Genosha's showing up in Marauders now. That's true. Very good point. As the probable start of every fucking thing in the universe, not uh, really, but the mutants and fucking millions of years ago. Yep. Uh, so a little synopsis uh, introduced back in 1988's Uncanny X-Men number 235. Genosha is an island nation off the eastern coast of Africa and just north of Madagascar. And basically, it was a utopia as long as you were human. Its prosperity was built on the backs of enslaved mutants thanks to a process invented by the aforementioned Genegineer. Genosian mutants were considered state property, and individuals were discovered to have the X-Gene returned into mindless mutates by Dr. Moreau's process and forced to be unpaid labor. In other words, they were slaves. All right, so... And he makes them wear ugly outfits. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that's not the worst of his crimes, but it's pretty high we up there. There, that. we should. It is pretty high up there. All right, so let's get into the meat of the Extinction Agenda, which was a surprisingly cohesive and satisfying crossover of the main three X books being published at the time. That's Uncanny X Men, New Mutants, Next Factor. The issues we're chatting about, if you'd like to read along at home, are Uncanny X Men uh, number two seventy to two seventy two, New Mutants ninety five to ninety seven, and X Factor sixty to sixty two. Uh, Genosian magistrates. Uh, Backed by the cyborg Cameron Hodge and including an amnesiac Havoc, attack the X-Mansion and kidnap Storm, Warlock, Boom Boom, Richter, and Wolfsbane. Warlock dies and Wolfsbane is turned into uh, one of Genosha's mutates and the remaining new mutants in the X-Men recruit X-Factor and head to Genosha to save their teammates. So over the span of nine issues, our favorite mutants are put through the ringer and storyline closes out the Outback era of the X-Men and sets the age, uh, sets the stage, excuse me, for the 90s era, we all know and love, including the blue and gold teams, X-Force <laughs> led by Cable, and the government-sanctioned X-Factor team. We all know. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> That's right. Adam's not here, so we can't say love. All right. So I got some questions. Brent, you read this for the first time, I'm assuming. I sure did. How well do you think the story works as an allegory for South African apartheid, Nazi Germany, and the pre-Civil War American South? Surprisingly well for a lot of those. There are good moments of Stevenson and Claremont bringing up the parallels in each of those. I think that there's a style of writing at this time that is ultimately hollow because the the line that's drawn is that I am doing a literal translation of what it was like that equals bad. Mm-hmm. Which I think is fine, but it's a little bit boring because it there's no there's no nuance to your characters, there's no nuance to the story. The backdrop of this is, hey, remember all the bad things that have happened in the past century. Yeah. Which, which I think is, you know, at least they didn't, you know, fuck it up and try and pretend like there were some features that were great. It all the villains were 
true villains. Right. So I read on top of this um, Uncanny 235 through 238, which is what introduced him in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And then 264, which um, really brought in the Ginny Ransom and Philip Moreau stuff. Right. Which they talk about in that, you know, they say read 264. All the ones they told me to read, I read ahead of time just to make sure. Um, the issue you had where it felt hollow with 235 through 238, the engineer, engineer, whatever the fuck we want to call him, is so much more fucked up. And I feel like seeing him, it, the there, there is more nuance reading this one because he realizes through what he's been doing to his fucking son, he actually has made mistakes. And is, then he's double it also. And also having uh, Cameron Hodge as a counterpoint, oh, who's yeah. a, such a batshit villain. So yeah. Dr. Moreau uh, almost seems much more reasonable, even though he's a monster unto he's himself. He's fucking Mengele. Mengele he's turns- Mengele, yeah, versus Hitler. So. so I also read those issues. I would agree that in those, there's more nuance, but that that might color this character a little bit more. I guess I feel like that kind of gets lost in the character as the story goes on, mm-hmm. because... They set up a nice uh, internal power struggle between the president, uh, Moreau, and uh, Hodge. And I thought, okay, this is a fun play because as the story is progressing and the heroes are, there's like three hero teams running around. There's also three villain teams who are trying to undercut Mm -hmm. each other. So anything can happen. But the ultimate resolution is that Moreau says, I love Genosha more than anything else. And my son is is great it it, to me felt like they kind of gave up a little bit on some of the reflection Mm -hmm. about why it's evil what he's done it they instead swept it away and said no it's just because genosha is fantastic that i want to continue my oppression he had that one panel where he's like sitting in a chair upset about his son yeah. With like the picture lying on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I guess that's <laughs> which the is characterization. The way, yeah. Which is the way you convey things I, in with, the X-Men In universe. regards <laughs> to these three, I, I feel like we needed more from the um, president. Yeah, the she president was... She pieces out quite a bit. She makes no sense. She's like, oh, yeah, I want to cause an international incident so <laughs> everyone will hate us and want us to die. Ronda Reagan? She, yeah. <laughs> she really enters a room with authority, too. Does She is just coming in screaming yeah. at the top of her lungs, and I really like she that. Yeah, <laughs> you can relate, yeah. Uh, severe. Yeah, severe. So, Ryan, <laughs> where would you rank the Gene Janeer and Cameron Hodge as X-Men villains, knowing, you know, we've got the gamut of, like, the Sentinels, X, uh, Magneto, Hellfire Club. Outside of the name, Gene Janeer doesn't hold up, I think, for <laughs> longer, uh, longer stay. Cameron Hodge is just, he literally has the body of Mojo. So I think there's some weird sort of like design oh, yeah. stuff that is just so iconic that you remember him. And it's he has a, a tragic backstory of getting his head cut off and then <laughs> attached to a cyborg. So like... There's, I think he has more lasting effect. I think you would have to repurpose this a lot more to make it more accessible to the current day audience, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny reading this because if you want to write a Claremont storyline, all you need mm-hmm. is some kidnapped babies or children. True. Uh, Why not? Bondage an, gear. An, an unholy bond between man and machine and Nastra. <laughs> You're not wrong, <laughs> yeah. honestly. It's the basis of a lot. I, I think Cameron Hodge is like a weird super suit that constantly reheals. Felt like a fun, uh, uh, it was like a final boss. 
That's like, oh, we've almost defeated him. And then he phases away and is on the next That's level. True. He... And then you have to hunt him on that level. And then only through the power of brotherly love can you <laughs> blow his head off. Yeah, like Cyclops's blast work on one level. And then, oh, he healed himself. Now it doesn't work. You got to use something else. Yeah. Speaking uh, of that. What? <laughs> the, the fact that the two brothers are constantly blowing each other's clothes <laughs> off. <laughs> Great. Wild. No notes. No notes. Constant. I, it happens to Cyclops twice. Now, I don't have <laughs> brothers. We can't do anything else for you. Brent, you have brothers. Is this how it's like? The one thing that's really accurate is uh-huh. that the way that your sibling hits you does bring back a lot of memories very quickly. It strips your clothes off. Like, <laughs> like you get one slap as an adult and suddenly it's like. Every time you've ever been slapped, yeah. kind of flashes before you, memento style. It's sort of like the Doctor Strange when he like gets knocked back in a bunch of versions mm-hmm. of yeah, him. And, exactly. and then and then um he spoons you from behind and you remember everything. Yes, um, the sheer hot. expressions on the faces while they're choking each other is outrageous. What is this? You- is like the meme that's uh or not the meme but like the do you hear about this happened on the internet like these 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 husbands who found out that they were oh yeah the this but it, is really big this week but it's a hoax yeah you, it seems like a hoax it's a total they're hoax actually well the that's same not person. hot <laughs> they're, they're actually the same, same person, person. it's really the spider-man cool. meme no it's apparently they were just doing it to literally promote a soundcloud account a soundcloud account not uh, like an OnlyFans account soundcloud they're not oh, even yeah that's a waste of time yeah um how do you feel about moreau Hodges, Hodge, whatever. Because I think that this is a better character. Like I think that the current stuff with Zeno makes Moreau seem like a more intimidating villain yeah. than he appears in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, well, I was asking you, Kaylin, did you have any thoughts on these Well, villains? he's once again uh, captured a child and is forcing the child yeah, to kill the he's shit. Back and he's going to gonna murder own, the child. Yeah. His old tricks. <laughs> I, I think, you know, rereading these issues, um, these are very terrifying villains yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. And um, the reason I think Extinction Agenda holds up so well is it is, you know, it's a little clumsy metaphor, but it's a it's a very, I think, uh, accurate metaphor. Because um, this came out, what, in the early 90s when uh, I remember as a kid, like, you know, apartheid was so big in the news and it was big in pop culture and, like, everybody kind of coming out against what South Africa was doing and, like, you know, uh, Claremont, to his credit, like, was doing a lot of that kind of, like, rip from the headline stuff and uh, bringing in, I mean, Cameron Hodge is kind of a cartoonish villain because he look, fucking looks like a cartoon, but Dr. Moreau is, he thinks he's doing this for the right reasons. Yeah, I think and that's And it takes that's a fair. personal, it takes a personal um, uh, reason for him to realize, oh, I might be wrong, that I'm making my son unhappy. Yeah, it's unfair, a little bit unfair of me to judge how transparent and obvious this is with 50 years on Claremont or 40 years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. The, the reason this is my favorite comic is that if, coming off that, is um, it feels the most, not comic, but miniseries, it feels the most real, it feels like the most that could happen. It, well, I, I like a villain that... I know that like I get so angry when I like punch him in the face or like throttle yeah. them, and every single time I'm reading these characters, I just wanted them to die. Like They're I was so furious. Unlikable. Yeah, They're terrible. And it's just I, like I just want to punch Trump in the face. I just wanted to punch all these people in agreed, the face. Yeah. I also really like this crossover because um, it's right when like the X books are like on this like verge of changing, and like the X Men aren't even really a team. New Mutants have just been taken over. Uh, by this future soldier that nobody knows anything about. You know, X Factor, they're kind of winding down a little bit. 
And it's just like you feel like even reading it back then, you felt like the change in the air. Like, oh, this shit's actually going to mean something. Like it was it's going to like catapult into something new and different. Everybody got their moment in the sun too. It's like here's yeah, a bunch you, of stuff with Forge now, and then they're like, "Here's Boom Boom." That's yeah. Here, that's oh, Psylocke's I, doing all this stuff now. Gambit randomly is going to save everybody by getting this fucking thing. He got shoved right. into his leg. It's just like that's really what give everyone this crossover. Like every, you're truly right. Like especially second tier characters that yeah. don't always get it. Yeah, they. I mean, they worked their hardest to try and prove Jubilee has some power that matters. And, and I'm going to shove really, sparklers yeah. down your throat, <laughs> and then Storm literally says, "Oh." Yeah, I'll have a sore throat. She can't even <laughs> remember to bring a hamburger back. <laughs> or whatever so the fuck dumb. food she was supposed <laughs> to be She was like brand in. new at this point, too. Uh, she hey, just got that outfit, too. Is, oh, is that, that I, one of the I first liked, times she uh, was so we, that? We were talking about in... Um, um, oh, shit. I just lost a fucking comic that I didn't like with um, Jubilee and Boom Boom and all those fucking Exterminators. Exterminators. Yeah. Um, their their antagonism started here. Like when they first meet each other, they hate each other. Yeah. So they're still antagonize each other thirty years later. Well, well sometimes well, you just don't like people, and that's okay. That's yeah. totally fine. Uh, I like I like it because like Jubilee's like, oh y'all are like the X babies, and even though she's actually even younger, she's than, younger them, than them, she's younger than them. She's like, no, I'm like a real X man, and then and then Charles Xavier's like, no, you're going to Generation X. <laughs> we'll give you three years, and then you're off. Yeah. Hey Brent, you famously have no heart and no taste. How happy were you to see Warlock die? <laughs> This was he wasn't bad in this. I mean they they gave him some lines. He was quickly he quickly exited stage left. Uh I did think it was very funny that they just like dumped him on Doug Ramsey's grave. <laughs> I mean he's he's going to come back and because it, he's going to combine with Doug Ramsey's corpse. Doug yeah. Lock. Dog lock. I I don't know if there is an intentional reference to Achilles and Patroclus where Achilles says when I die, I want my ashes to be put in the same urn as Patroclus. Yeah. And historians are like, they're very good friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're uh, roommates. They're roommates. Uh, See? And so they're in a relationship. At the cemetery, someone with an umbrella during broad daylight says, goodbye, Warlock. You're with Doug now. Mm-hmm. Your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're your longtime I, companion. They're good pals. It felt weird that Boom Boom is the one doing like the grave stuff because, yeah. like, were you Sun, Sunspot's known him for years? Yeah, and he's just kind of hanging back. Yeah, Doesn't Boom matter. Boom was like a new mutant for like a minute at this point. I know, honestly, it's eh. she was like hanging out with the Exterminators and X Factor before that. So, um, Clark, remember how we're a queer podcast? Well, how weird was it to see a very gay Richter and Iceman pretend to be cishets and make out well, with Richter's girls? Well, Richter's bi. Oh. So, totally fine. I didn't care about that. It's reasonable. He's, we, it's also with Wolfsbane, who in X-Factor he hooked up with and blah da blah da blue and thought he was the father of her child and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fine, also, but it's the Iceman stuff. It was the previous romance before Shadowstar. I like when Wolfsbane walks away and she's like, wow, I've never felt that before. And then you get no internal monologue from Richter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. he's like, Sorry, he's like, yeah. They, they just show you, a, <laughs> what, what, show you a blank panel with Richter's yeah. face on it. What I liked when she was about to be turned into um, a mutate, she's like, I only kissed it one time because you, you definitely know that she wishes she had been a hoe. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. You I think got, that's the you one regret. hoe it up before you mutate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, based on what you know now, whose philosophy do you think is the most right? Storms, Cyclopses, or Cables? Uh, probably, actually, Cyclops is what I probably would get. But explain the, the three different <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the difference between no, 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 Storm and Cyclops. Because Storm moment. was like, Here. protect everyone, especially the kids, and yeah. I think. 
Cable was like, give everyone a gun in pockets. And then and then Cyclops was sort of like, um, I would say, an in-between of those two. Yeah. Everyone a gun in pockets. I would gun say in pockets, Cyclops man. is probably, you're right, Cyclops is probably like the most like sort of Captain America, for lack of a better term, yeah. at of them point. at this point. Storm is just like, I'm a kid, and I'm trying to get the X-Men back together like when again. she slammed down the thing, she was like, and yeah. I think people got mad at her for it, and it was stupid. I, right. don't, I think she was trying to help. And Cable is just like, I'm a gruff old man from the future. I, both my hands have guns in it. Well, your mouth doesn't have a gun in it. I've got to protect these kids. Everything. I've got to protect them. Damn it. You don't know what these kids mean to me. You weren't here. And you're like, chill. Were yeah. you? Yeah. When, when he just bursts into the danger room and says, you guys are fucking done. Yeah, that was great. And I'm like, you're basically renting this mansion. Jim, Jim Lee <laughs> was doing career best work. I fucking love yeah. those panels. It's so good. And then, Stevie Hunter's there all of a sudden. They even oh, they even got a Stevie. suit. She's all in it. And then oh, I miss her hair Stevie. looked great. And then they even said, "We don't remember the last time we saw her." Like a little editor's note in yeah. there. That Did was it? so it's funny. True. Yeah. yeah. Much like now. <laughs> all right. So uh, I know exactly where we saw her last. She's a senator. She's a senator. Don't to, forget it, y'all. Oh, that's right. God, and, and Kitty Pride goes to Gold Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. All right, so we're going to be talking about uh, the latest issue of X-Force a little bit later, but knowing uh, about the connection between the man with the peacock tattoo and the engineer, where would you like to see the storyline go in X-Force? Obviously, we kind of know how it went, but what would you have liked to have seen? So, what I'd like to have seen? Yeah. Uh, because of what why don't you talk about to talk it about? It seems like well, you have an idea. I, I actually have an like? idea, but okay. I don't. I it, I don't know. So, Hodge, his head is severed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's stomped. Everyone takes a turn pissing on it. Yeah. And then it's buried under a bunch of rocks. Yeah. Has anyone ever dug him up? Yes. Uh, yeah. Rats. Yeah. He okay. comes back. He's in hell. He got he the trans mode virus. Uh, yeah. 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 Bummer. Yeah. Right. What if he had a son? <laughs> <laughs> Just a small head. <laughs> yes. It's his. Just like him, it's a smaller head attached to a robo scorpion. <laughs> but an actual scorpion. Yeah. But that one's nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> well, it seems like you asked that as a loaded question, Kalen. What did you want to happen? Uh, I would love to see another. I haven't thought this through completely, so bear with me. I would love to see uh, them trying to use like an allegory of like what's happening in places in the United States, like Florida and Tennessee and all that, which is it's creating a, 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 a kind of an apartheid of, of with queer people where uh, queer expression is not being allowed, like drag shows are being canceled. So stupid. It's all awful. It, it's stupid, but it's also incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to use these villains to be able to tell a story like that in the same way Claremont and Simonson did. Uh, about telling, you know, talking about South Africa in the late '80s and early '90s. Would you? I mean, I guess the the version of mutates now are these kind of clone uh, assembled parts. Do you want to keep those around, or is it is there some other way that you would try and represent that? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't Maybe know. The characters we're going to talk about in a second. Well, yeah. So if you're like you're continuing this adaptation, right? That's, yeah, that was the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the mutates now are actual like real clones rather than anything else. But those those things aren't running around living normal lives. So it's a little bit the allegory falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. So it couldn't be about it couldn't be about like 
uh, like apartheid in that sense or like slave labor. It'd have to be something else. Yeah. And so I don't know if they could find a creative way to do that. Some of the part I like about the engineer and everything like that is that the connectivity with other characters, like bringing his sons in. He's never actually interacted with um, Zealot ever on we didn't even know Zealot existed in this comic we just read. Oh, from Ecstatics? Yeah. No. No, not Ecstatics. Uh, no, no, no. He was in um some miniseries that that Magneto quickly killed him. In, oh, like, two God, I don't even pages. know that then. I mean, I just want to see... I just like all of those family... I love family relations in comics and the fact they never fucking remember them or never use them. <laughs> I know. And it never comes up. They, they're not, not constantly... And, and, like... and I do want to remind everybody that... Yes. Um, Dark, not Dark Beast, excuse me. Sugar Man is the reason that all of this happened. That's Sh- right. Sugar Man is the one who created all the... Gingineer just basically took Sugar Man's data and, and plotting and you know, wild, creation to do wild, it Wild, 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 wild. So we yeah. can thank Sugar so, Man for this. Wow. So he's both beautiful and brilliant. He's very wow. smart. Yeah. And sweet. He doesn't <laughs> have it all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Wow. Is that the end of our class X? That's the yeah. end of class X. Ooh. Class dismissed. Let's do a gentle transition into some more Xeno stuff with our issues, which is the weekly recap of all things X. This week, we've only got two issues, X-Force number 38 and Rogan Gambit number one. In X-Force 38, uh, written by Benjamin Percy and penciling by Robert Gill, X-Force's Xeno arc and the Gingineer's legacy comes to an end for now question mark um so it tried to really shoehorn in an emotional high note for domino Mm. do you guys think it stuck the landing this was two Mm. issues of him that needed to be four it i'm surprised it wrapped up so quickly we we know we know this character existed since the first issue of this this comic yeah it was and they're like no you're done it was so abrupt and then they literally went off into the sunset at the end yeah i was like what the fuck i yeah i'm so happy for him with a giant question mark. do you think there's a chance that Mm. so xeno is uh left on a table with all of the clones that he's created about to attack him then they attack him do you think they force him down the hodge path of making his oh, head into oh, I cool. that's I like cool. That. That's very yeah, I like that a lot. On different sort of weird mechanical <laughs> Those weird shapes. monsters now, are really good at, at mechanics. We've a spider and a scorpion. Let's try an iguana. Giraffe. A snail. <laughs> Clark, what do you want to say? Nothing. I just said that. Your weird, weird What's your favorite animal? What's your favorite animal? Raccoon. Yeah, name your favorite, name your favorite yeah. animal. I mean, that's raccoon's my spirit animal. I don't know what's my favorite yeah, animal. Yeah, deal with the dumpster, Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a weird one. Um, it does feel like this kid could go back and be like a student that pops up sometimes. Yeah, Max. I mean, uh, they're they're pulling they do a that lot all the of time. somehow we're getting Kid Omega back, and he has Kid Omega's powers, and he's got the pink shit and all this kind of stuff. I think that they're gonna they're yeah. gonna figure that out. Yeah, I, I thought it would have been Drag more fun through. for you know there are some threads where Moreau actually you know he loves his son, and there's some complicated nuanced way that. They originally were trying to develop that relationship. If this had that same complication that Zeno actually did care for his kid and didn't suddenly just like call him a mutie and stab him in the throat with a needle. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, if, I- if there was some other way that that relationship was conveyed as still being toxic and terrible, but that it's this, you know, he's comes from this horrible life and this horrible family. Yeah. He's passing the abuse on. I think that would have made him hates, more interesting. He hates zealot he hates him he's the one who burned his fucking or destroyed his face 
yeah. in the comic issue before this. Yeah. So he probably doesn't really like Philip either because they're probably guilty by association. Yeah. I'm just wondering if Percy had to wrap this up for something that's coming up in X-Force. I, I just don't know what the big crossover. I guess maybe Fall of X, but that feels like months away. I don't know. Yeah. How do you think this will all work on uh, reread? Do you think you'd be interested to go back? No, we hated like 10 straight issues. It could well, it could work. I don't think I hated them. Oh, most of us hated 10 straight issues. I like them. Right after no, right after um X of 10 of Swords, it just got bad. Oh. It was very meandering. And then like four issues of, of previous it got good again and you're like, "What?" Uh I think though like like when you're binging a show, you can like kind of forget like yeah. some of the more forgettable episodes or like whatever. Yeah. Going so, into this, I reread all of them. You did? Huh. Going into these last two, yeah. Okay. I reread that's why, it, that's it, why Clark binges shows it, twice. It doesn't. <laughs> it does not hold up. Oh, it does not. Okay. As I said, it goes really well until <laughs> X of Swords, and it's bad again until after um, Judgment Day. Yeah. And then it's good again. Yeah, it's when they introduced Poochie. This is the wrong direction. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's talk about Rogue and da- Gambit number one by Stephanie Phillips and Carlo Gomez. Mr. and Mrs. X take some time off to get into a drunken alley brawl. They receive a premonition from Destiny and team up with Manifold to stop Ambassador Brousseau and a mysterious seller mind-controlling villains like Lady Deathstrike. Did this read like a CBS sitcom to anybody? Mm, expand on that more. I would have said a CW show, but go on. Uh, a uh, a couple that's been married for a while, that all they want to do is fuck, but they can't. They keep getting distracted. And all of a sudden, there's this like wacky neighbor slash best friend who doesn't want anything to do with them. It just felt very sitcom-y. The, the back and forth where uh, Rogue keeps saying, <laughs> I'm not talking to you when you're drunk. Yeah. Just that was, come on. Oh, was, that was come on. And also like the, uh, the toxic mother-in-law, Destiny. Yeah. The toxic mother-in-law who hates the son-in-law who her wife raped. Yes. Yeah. Classic, well, I, classic sitcom trope. It, it comes up all the time. It's like writers quit going back to Wait, that It's scene. a yeah. trope for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot... Uh, Clark, before the podcast, pointed out that he forgot this was coming out. I forgot this was coming out. I still for I don't even remember this happening. This didn't. This isn't a comic. Um, Rogan Gambit. It's a snack. It it's out. a snack pack. What did you think of the art? I uh, love the art. I think the art was quite good. It's pretty. <laughs> it's real pretty. What did you What did you <laughs> think of the art, Brent? You know what? Frankly, that's none of your business, Kalen, and I wish you would keep that to yourself. I forgot the art too. <laughs> I don't remember it Clark's, at all. Clark's, don't, Clark's doing a one-man show of memento right here. Yeah. I don't remember I any see, of this. I got confused at first and thought this is one of those ones that takes place in the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, what, an old, like, what an old man sentence. Well, I got confused and thought this is one of those ones that was taking place in the what, past. Like the storming game. Five bees for a quarter. Yeah. I said. Yeah. I don't know the long shot one that happened. It did for a weirdly of just say one year l- earlier, and you're like, Ugh, "Yeah, man, come on." So this does wait. This does play, take place a year I earlier. I don't know. Oh, bitch. this comic. I don't know, bitch. Because I thought I maybe <laughs> I thought this, I missed this something. This comic is a fever dream that we're all having. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, because like Rogue is a she's a brood and she's dead right now, and then Gambit's still somewhere That's in other world. Said, one year earlier. Yeah, this still has this has to be after Abigail's betrayal. Yeah, um, and this is which is after Judgment the, Day. Yeah. The thing that I like about it is we need to get more interaction with Destiny and Rogue because there is a long history there. So yeah, 
I, I think it is necessary to maybe go over that. But man, is she not doing herself any favors by literally not saying anything? No. I need you to do this, but I'm not going to tell you why. And also, stop asking me questions. I just think that she should never be in a comic with Gambit ever. Rogue or Destiny? Destiny. Okay. The, that sticking point is a very fucked up sticking point that yeah. like, I'm fine with Mystique and and Destiny when they're in, not with them. Yeah. When they're not with the two of them, ruining things and clearly doing something horribly dark or ignoring something horribly dark, I kind of forget that that happened. I think that if you're writing this story where you need, where someone says, hey, you've got to do something, but I can't tell you what your motivation is, it becomes very hard to buy into the story. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah. how, how do I get it vested in this if we are still waiting for the motivating action? Also, this whole story is based on manifold is needed. Yes. So we go and get manifold. He's already on a mission. Hey guys, maybe the whole thing is based around manifold's mission. And, but Rogan Gambit are like, that can't be, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Like, no, that might be what it is. Y'all at that same get time. Get it right. I liked get it. Take right. the chips off your neck and get it right. Honestly. <laughs> I like Manifold's uh, characterization in this as somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not doing this for Krakoa. I don't give a fuck about Krakoa. It was great. Like, yeah. it actually fit. Like, he's yeah. like, he was up on, you know, like the peak, you know, for a while. And now he's like on Araco. It's like gays in like P-Town. You're like, some people just don't go. Do yeah, I happen I to be go. one of the people that I go? If, yes. If I could teleport, but, I would be there in a second. Yeah. Oh, my God, baby. My I'm not doing the Atlantis oh, cruise. I, I Fuck that. Yeah. I manifold. I, you are manifold. Yeah. That's actually one of the parties. Full the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did what did Adam once call man, like, uh, manifold and his friend Pennyfold? And Clark was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it was a nonsensical joke. Adam doesn't know. exist either. She's also a fever dream. That <laughs> makes so much sense. All of this is a series of stupid fever dreams. <laughs> All right. Speaking of fevers, I'm hearing some noise. Oh, Ooh. as always, we like to wrap up with a little something we call Plug Me Daddy, where each of us get a chance to quickly highlight something we've read, seen, heard, or experienced and wanted to share with you are Lil Homos. Uh, who has some stuff this week? This is my last plug for a little bit, guys, because I'm going to be out of town. So oh, I'm very yeah. sad. It's, it's, it's so, Ryan's so European plug vacation. plug me up real good this time. I got a nutty one. Oh, you, so, you, you nut. Give, give him that nut. Uh, <laughs> gross. Uh, it's an old plug. It's an old plug that's like the wires are coming out, and it's all kind of grody. So I rewatched uh, the non-canonical James Bond movie, Never Say Never Again, where they bring Sean Connery back uh, as an older James Bond. It's basically a remake of Thunderball. This movie's insane. Um, what happened? It's basically a remake of Thunderball, which they had already made two times? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the Bond girl, though, may be the best slash worst thing about it. Uh, her name is Fatima Blush. She's amazing. Uh, she I gets, don't get that one. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But here, the best scene. Fat the my, best. Fat my blush. The best what does that fucking mean? scene. Fat in my that blush. Means a falcon in the winter. <laughs> shut up. My shut up. Shut up. The best fucking scene is when she gets this like army captain to go and like set off nuclear warheads or whatever. And she's like driving along next to him and she goes, bravo, bravo. But she has to get rid of him. How does she kill him? She doesn't shoot him. She throws a snake in his car. <laughs> the snake freaks out, bites him. He 
crashes the car, and then she gets the snake, and then she blows up the car. This woman's nuts. And then she, she, she got the snake back. She got the snake back, and of course, she and James Bond have sex at one point. Yeah. And then when they're like shooting it out, because she's the bad Bond girl, when she's shooting the snake out. <laughs> she's uh, no, when he's shooting her out. Uh, with, uh, the with snake's just jerking <laughs> off in the corner. <laughs> when that's wow. Uh, when <laughs> she's got him, James Bond cornered, she goes, "I want you to say." And I want you to write that I'm the best lover you've ever had. I'm the best lover. And he pulls out a pen that has like the Union Jack on it, which is also a weapon that he got from <gasps> Q. And he kills her, and she blows up. It Whoa. is this movie is insane. She blows up. She literally blows up because it's a, he put it, a pit in her. It's an exploding bullet from this pen gun. Okay. But this did movie. He, but okay. did he write her as number one? What, what's her name again? Fat Blush. Fatima what? Blush. Okay. Fat in my blush. This movie you got shouldn't. blush in my fat. So this is the weirdest plug I've ever had, but I had to talk about it. Yeah. That's that it's is not insane. some sensical name like Cox Swabler McGee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first name. Yes. Uh, okay, so my plug, guys. This is basic, but here we are. The Mandalorian's back. And yes. How was the episode? How was it? And it was good. It was really good. And baby, he is back to doing menial tasks. He is going to the grocery store. He's calling his mom. He's like, he just is always on like a game quest. Like he's never not. Mando has a mom? No, he doesn't. No, he's just doing basic shit left and right. So he's on a task to go get a part. Uh, which we didn't find out till three fourths of the way through. They're like, "Oh, now you need a part for this robot that tried to murder you moments wild, ago." Wild, wild. IG Eleven's back. It's just, it's fun. It's fun. Those fun, weird fun. little little mechanics that oh. were in the ninth movie are back. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I'm assuming I, different ones. Uh, there's a space battle as well. It's just, it, it's it feels like the only good Star Wars that goes on. So guys, just How enjoy dare it. Is good. it. What it are you good. fucking talking? about? Andor. Take it back. No, Ryan. Take keep it, it back. Keep no, it. Ryan, I know, it. Brent. You love Bad Batch. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, I'm a Bad Batch. <laughs> I'm a Bad Batch bitch. I'm what a do bad, they call bad the fans? Bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what you got to plug? I'll right. do the opposite of yours is um, Star Trek as opposed to Star Wars, uh, the new Picard series. Is it good? Three-fourths of the episodes are great, but then Rafi shows up and ruins everything for about 10 minutes. But it's really good. It's like all the characters are back from, from Next Generation. Yeah. I don't want to spoil. Is it who. too much fan don't, service? Don't spoil. Or is it don't spoil cause a character shows up and is connected to things and is very good. It's really good. That didn't except spoil for when, except for you can just you can just fast forward um, whenever Raffi appears. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember Raffi. It's a fever dream. Well, she's the worst thing about the, the first two seasons, and she's in it way too much, so uh-huh. she's terrible. So you go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You want to eat healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You buy a head of lettuce because you think I'll make a salad with that. Hell mm-hmm. yeah! And then a couple days goes by, and you realize. Fuck, I forgot to make that goddamn sound. Oh, no. And you got wilted lettuce. Yeah. Uh, Bon Appetit has a great trick for reviving wilted lettuce, which is to soak it in hot water. Yes, hot, not Mm. cold. Okay. For 10 to 30 minutes. So get your- 10 to 30? That's a long range. Random numbers. Get a, well, you know, the longer, the the more wilted it is, the the more water you have to restore. But you, you put that- head of lettuce in a bowl of like 120 degree Fahrenheit water and you wait 10 minutes and you're going to see you are going to see it plump Mm. plush crunchy leaves and you pop that baby back in the fridge it's incredible really and it it feels fresh well so I had a I had a head of lettuce that Uh had been in my fridge 
well ventilated for like a week, a week okay. and a half. So it was some of the leaves were not doing well, bitch. I put it in water for 15 minutes. Come back. I can't save the whole goddamn thing, oh, but I saved half not. of that fucker. Do, do do you guys like lettuce? <gasps> love it. it seems like I a waste lettuce. of time to me. I don't like it. Love it. I like, I like arugula. Romaine. I like spinach. Bitch. I like uh, arugula is my favorite. I require a Arugula's salad. Fantastic. I like power greens. Day. I like collard. Not collard. Well, fucking love collard greens, but everyone does. Swiss chard is what I was gonna say. Also, and, and lettuce just doesn't do shit. For I like me. romaine. Red leaf lettuce. Frise. R- oh, regular no, ass I don't romaine. like frise. It, it, it's too bitter to me. Give me an iceberg. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Ice- what I, see, that's what I'm talking about. See, iceberg is trash. That, that's what I meant. Easy. Iceberg easy. is it's not good. On sandwiches, the worst. it's a great light crunch. No. Without too much overpowering flavor, it can be refreshing. It's Isn't fantastic. there no nutrition with it though? Yeah. It's oh, it's, it's all it's water. Time. It's like it, a cucumber. It's I mean, actually uh, 110 percent water. Fucking nothing. If but what happens if you put <laughs> that in hot water? Does it just turn into no, the actual more water? Yeah, the water actually turns into a cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, that's been our episode. We talked about stuff. You listened to most of it, uh, if you're Clark. <laughs> uh, check out our review of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. We've got an interview with Rod Rice coming out soon. It's going to be fun. Uh, we've been home with Superior. You've been gay, probably. Uh, rate and review us. Check us out on Twitter, Home of Superior X, and Instagram at Home of Superior Podcast, where we're doing our Mutant Madness. And you get to judge fashion and be happy when you're correct. So, yeah, I was right about Animal Man. Grant Morrison did a lot of stuff with that, and that's yeah. why I stopped paying attention to you guys for like five minutes. That's true, wow. actually. Grant's yeah. Animal Man is very good. Great no, point. I'm, Let's talk about that. No, I'm stopping this episode. <laughs> All right, goodbye, Animal uh-huh. Man. Bye. <laughs>